Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. Welcome to the Mother of All Shows, the podcast that takes a deep dive into motherhood and parenting with a comedic twist. Because if we can't laugh through our tears as we watch our kids grow up too fast, then we are screwed with a capital, oh my God, you're already a teenager. I'm your host, Kimmy Gatewood. I'm a comedian, director, and tired mother of a four-year-old. I also play the trombone and used to be a roller skating waitress. So that's all you need to know about me. Before we get into things, and today we are getting into things, I want to remind you to rate and review our show. We love feedback. This show is about starting a dialogue and we want to hear from you because otherwise it's just monologues and I stopped doing those after college. So send your comments and questions to motherofallshows at gmail.com or tweet at us, M-O-A-S pod. Join the community. Come on, don't make me beg for it. I already spent half the day begging my daughter to finish her fish sticks. So today we're going to discuss guns. And I don't mean biceps, because I don't have time to work out. It is a serious one. Uh, gun culture in America is unique. That's not a compliment, United States of America. As a citizen, it's hard every day waking up to another mass shooting. And as a mother, you know, I'm, I'm terrified. I know there are a lot of layers to this issue. And I don't feel like I would own a gun, but maybe I would. Maybe I'm just not seeing the other side of it. So today I decided to talk to a gun activist and also my good friends, Rebecca Johnson and Amanda Dybert, about how we talk to our kids about guns and how they grew up talking about guns. So let's start with that chat with Rebecca and Amanda. So let's just say I invited you guys over to do my podcast and I told you I had a gun. How would you feel? Uh, I'd feel like we are kindred spirits because I brought mine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. (laughs) I'd be fine with it as long as we weren't like, if we were having a play date with our girls Mm -hmm. and you were like, oh yeah, by the way, a gun has been laying on my bed all day, then I would be like, oh, we're not doing this again. But if it's just like us coming over, um, I feel pretty confident that you didn't bring it to shoot me, so I think it'd be okay. (laughs) I think that... It would be like surprising, and then it might like I know you're like Kimmy. You drink almond milk lattes, right? You won't you even have dairy. <laughs> Why would you have a gun? But I guess you're not eating the gun. Um, <laughs> also, I was um, audience. I was joking all those times that I said I brought a gun. I don't have a gun, but I do know people who have guns. I don't like that they have guns, but I do know them, and. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would just be kind of like, so I would ask you a lot of questions. Yeah. I, I have to say, like, I think that your response to that question surprised me a little bit that you're so like you were very open to it. And I think that that's important, I think, for like you're, what I'm saying is like you, you guys are woke as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's a good right. Like because obviously guns are a very charged issue. They're mm-hmm. in the news every day and I hate reading the news every day where 
hearing about gun violence and it's it's tough. So to like have it in a person that you know's house is kind of a strange thing. Well, I grew up with guns. Okay. So I grew Go up on. I grew up with a lot of guns and around a lot of guns. Um, your family had a lot of guns or there were just guns she's in a your family community. of guns your family is a family of guns oh, amanda's yeah. a gun i was i was you. born to a gun <laughs> she shot right out of her mom's barrel you know what? a shotgun like a and a rifle yeah. loved each like a other birth very I can get much. behind that kind of birth just a like shotgun a shotgun birth, birth. A shotgun God, that wedding and then bang, you're out yeah. <laughs> to save you hours of pain <laughs> oh guns yeah but i um so my, my grandfather has a lot of guns. I went to live with them, with my grandparents, when I was in my late teens. And um, the rule was, as a teenager, that I, I had a car, but I couldn't go out or drive my car unless I had a loaded handgun with me. So as Loaded handgun? A loaded handgun in the car with me for my safety. Where um, was the gun? Uh, usually it was in the side um, console, like next to my door, so that if someone tried to carjack me, I could quickly grab it and shoot them in the face. Oh, my oh. God. Oh, my God. Hey, y'all, I'm from the South. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Were there a lot of carjackings, like where you grew up? No. No, no but, and the reason I ask that is because where I grew up, I there were carjackings, but Rebecca's from Staten I did Island. not have a gun. But so it's just interesting that that would be the the that would be your grandparents' thought. Like in case you get carjacked, which is not something that's a normal thing occurrence. No. <laughs> like you're more likely probably to come across a deer that you could randomly shoot. Right? Yeah, right. Like yeah. a deer that you accidentally <laughs> yes. hit with your car yeah. and then are shooting it. Yes. To just send it off. Just for fun. Send it off to he- heaven. Deer yeah. heaven. I don't know. And so terrifying as as this is in in today's climate, I. Thus drove my gun. Drove my gun. <laughs> I mean, no, you're the gun or the car is the gun. We're going to figure this drove out. Drove my gun in my car <laughs> where I parked across the street from the school in a church parking lot. Wow. So I always had a loaded gun across the street from my school every day. Oh, my God. Always. Um, and then I also had, um, like you do, a... A rifle with like a, a laser scope in my bedroom closet, um, like all the time, and uh, so those those were those were my guns that I had, and then there was lots of other <laughs> those guns. Those were your in the personal house. guns. Those were my personal guns, and then like my grandmother had a very cute little derringer that she carried no. in her purse that was like very petite and dainty. You, you know the names then, of them. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and then like um, my grandfather also like loads his own bullets, so like there's like the. The bullet loading shed. What in does the back. that mean? I mean, he made his own, he makes his own bullets. You like DIY he, bullets. Yeah, I didn't know I that was no a idea. thing. He's very crafty. He's very good with guns. And I would go on the it's weekends. Like rolling your own cigarettes or whatever. Yeah, it's on the like... weekends I would go shooting with um, my grandfather and his brother at the range. We had, like an outdoor range, and my grandfather really liked to like show off that like the seventeen year old could girl could out shoot like the guys with my little manicure and whatever. You know, no. it was like all military dudes. Oh my god! He wanted me to be a sniper for my profession. This is <laughs> this was his, his real career dream. Uh, oh very He's similar. Like, I can tell by the manicures that she's really into sniping. <laughs> yeah. Very similarly, I moved out to the left coast and yeah. became a TV writer and lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So she's holy moly! So when? <laughs> oh my god! I want a business card. <laughs> so, so, okay. So, oh, boy. So, did you go out shopping for guns? Yourself, well, I, or did they, like, gift you a gun? Well, these, these were these were gifts. Oh, um, But cool. I have been to gun shows. 
Oh, wow. It kind of makes sense, like, when you hear about how it was just such a normal part of your childhood, how I imagine that you weren't alone in that. Like, there was a lot of people that you probably lived near that had rifles in their closet and guns in their loaded car across from school. Loaded car? (laughs) Your loaded car gun? It was like a loaded baked potato car (laughs) with a gun. But it just kind of then makes sense why... I don't know. All of a sudden, I was like, oh, I could see why the fact that, like, Kimmy and I, I mean, I know a couple of people who have guns, but it wasn't like a normal, it's not like a normal thing where mm-hmm. we grew up. So I'm like, oh, I can see why they're like, these liberals are coming for our guns because you literally just have a gun wherever you are. Like, <laughs> in your car, in your bedroom. Your grandma had them in your purse. You had it in the bedroom. Right. But there were no little kids around, right? Or were there? Right. So that's the thing. It was, I was the youngest person in the house and I uh-huh. was like 17. Okay. And a well-adjusted kid who, you know, I mean, I think they, they may have taken different precautions. Per past and, conversations. <laughs> well-adjusted. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying I hadn't been through a lot. Right. Was it yeah. a good idea? Maybe not. <laughs> but I was, you know, I think maybe had I displayed different personality traits or whatever, they probably would have uh, handled things differently. So I think it was fine. I'm I'm actually kind of glad that I do know how to handle a gun. Uh-huh. Um, if I'm in a situation where there is a gun pointed at me, if I can get the gun away from a person, I then know how to use it. I think that's good. Oh my god, you're on my squad. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> call me in the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the apocalypse. Hopefully, uh, our phones work. <laughs> Oh, crap. I didn't even think about cell service. Just grab guns, shoot the them good in the news air. Is, is that I could probably hotwire something and get That's cell true. service. Kimmy is tech support. Amanda, she's our gunner. I will be a clown. Um, I'll be no, of you, no use. Rebecca's very crafty, so she could probably fashion, like, uh, maybe you're the gum compartment for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shoe box. I could fashion, yeah, yeah I'll and, make like, the some, bullets. Yeah, yeah, out of some human hair or something. Yeah. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So... So you used gun primarily for support, I mean support, um, uh, safety. Sa- safety and protection, uh, potential, and then also for sport. Right. The only time I ever used a gun uh, was for, for sport, for, for leisure. Um, the reasons that they were given to me were for protection. How many times did you have the conversation that a gun could kill someone and that the, usually that a gun is to take a human life? Oh, all the time. My my grandfather is a, a Marine Corps officer. He was very... He also, he taught concealed carry courses, so I took the concealed carry courses. Um, so this I learned... This is mind-blowing. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, go on. I feel on. like this always happens. Yeah. <laughs> in the cult episode, Amanda's like, oh, I was basically raised... Like in a commune. <laughs> a commune. Sorry, guys. <laughs> But yeah, he would always, you know, it was basically like, if you're going to be in a situation where you're going to use a gun, that means you need to be prepared to take human life because that's what it's for. And he was very like, basically like, if you're going to get out and shoot somebody, then you need to be aiming to kill because the only reason that you would be shooting somebody is if the situation were that dire, you know, to take it very seriously and to be very prepared for how serious it would be. Wow. So, moving to Rebecca, you said you know, um, like, people that have guns. Do they have these same conversations with No, it's, I know, like, without saying who they are, because I think in our circles, it's, like, more weird. Right. Um, so, they're effect. more, like, liberal, uh, <laughs> liberal type people, but then who felt like having a gun was a good idea in case of protecting themselves. Like, one person I know, they're house was burglarized and then so then they got a gun um 
the nervous thing for me is having, I made sure to have the conversation, is it locked up, blah, 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 because I don't want my son going over to someone's house who may not have kids and then him finding the, you know what I mean? Because you could put it on a high shelf. That doesn't mean that a four-year-old's not going to find it. (laughs) So making sure that it's safe in that way. And also, it's not... Yeah, literally... (laughs) today yeah it was like um i got you your vitamins which are on the second <laughs> like in the top cabinet on the second well, shelf she scaled climbed. up <laughs> the kitchen cabinets and got both of our vitamins oh my god and i was pretty sure she was going to get the childproof like twist off top open right <laughs> i was like we got to remember that they're little monkeys and they have all their digits mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. they- and they also want to push boundaries and so mm-hmm. if then you have like something that could have devastating effects if they get to it like yeah they they could do that and and they would be interested in that possibly so I feel like um when I was growing up I the first time I saw a gun was literally like in high school oh no no in middle school uh uh, one of the students held up another student in front of me. Oh my God. <gasps> so that's literally how I saw a gun. And then the next time that it was uh, damaging to my brain um, was I was hanging out in the like uh, football field at school, like at night, like we were drinking. And then this guy was there that I didn't recognize. And literally he was a white dude, but had cornrows. And I was like, Oh, like, I like your hair or something. And he's like, yeah, I have it for jacking. And I was like, for what? And he's like, carjacking. And then he pulled a um, stocking over his face to show me and then showed me his gun. (gasps) Oh, wow. And I... How old were you? How old was he? 16. He was probably 18. I have no idea. Got it. Yeah. Seemed like so much older at the time. Yeah, but Mm -hmm. not even... I mean, he kind of just was there. Like, And there were only maybe six of us there. I just took like a step like I basically walked away from him one step at a time all the way across the football field um like just out of this weird fear but he wasn't threatening me he was casually demonstrating how he does a carjacking yes and so that's what I'm saying when I'm like were there carjackings near you (laughs) so and those are the two times I saw a gun so that's the guy that your grandfather was was picturing in his head and I didn't have a gun they were yeah, yeah I didn't have a gun in that situation I didn't need to use it Either. I wasn't right. threatened. But it was scary that there was a person there with a gun, obviously. And mm-hmm. there were like some other dudes coming up. They were like walking up to hang at the football field. And we were like, oh, we don't know if we know them. And he's like, don't worry, I got it if we need. Like he was like, basically like, I'll protect you. Meanwhile, oh, I don't God. even know what he was doing there like by himself. So either way, that could have gone really horribly. But that's kind of my experiences with guns are on that side of it, of being like terrified by its presence. Yeah. Um, You know, and then later in life, I went to my friend's bachelor party and we went shooting, but it was like at a range. It wasn't like shooting with anyone's personal gun. Mm -hmm. But yeah, to me, even seeing them like on a cop or when like... You know, see, just seeing guns, even just any time, it sort of gives me a fear charge. Thank you, Rebecca and Amanda. To get more insight on how we can do more to address the gun problems our countries face, I reached out to my friend, Laura Menino. She co-founded an organization called Drain the NRA. It's a grassroots movement that combats the gun lobby's stranglehold on Congress by boycotting and divesting from the gun industry and its corporate partners. It also applies pressure on companies and politicians to end their affiliation with the NRA. 
So she is a superhero, a mom, and fighting for real change. Here is my conversation with Laura. I feel like the gun reform um, world, we have to always say, there's a few things that we always have to like introduce ourselves with. Like, I believe in the Second Amendment, but, but uh, I'm okay right. with hunting, but I have a problem with the whole 2A argument because I think we're playing on the right, uh, the gun. Um, the 1700s? The yeah, yes. <laughs> people are like, yeah, if right. the government tries yeah. to take over, y'all can fight right. if you want. <laughs> but there's a few different things. I think when we're talking about gun violence, we're not really talking about hunting rifles. I think yeah. what we're talking about is handguns and military-style weapons that don't belong in civilized society. But here's like a little statistic that helps sort of anchor me, um, because I feel like only mass shootings or school shootings get all of the attention, and uh, it is sickening and tragic how many we have been having. Mm -hmm. uh, but in general, 300 people are shot a day in the U.S. Wow. 90 of them die which means there's like well over 200 who are still have to live with possibly chronic injuries from that gunshot. Um, of those 90, 50 are actually from suicide, from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Uh, and then seven of those deaths are children. Um, whether which is mostly accidental uh, shootings or even suicide if you're under the age of 18 and can pick up a gun and... Oh. Um, so what can we do with that? I know that's really a bummer. Um, but some of the things we talk about universal background checks, which I agree with, um, which will close uh, gun sale loopholes that you just can't just buy a gun at like, I don't know, the Denver Convention Center, yeah. the county yep. center, and just buy a gun and not go through a background check. Right. Um and so, this one's pretty. It's pink. Yeah. Okay. I'll give it to you and have no idea if you are a, a criminal. Right. Uh, or just somebody who's going to go home and shoot your wife. Um, oh, my God. And uh, there's also mandatory waiting periods. And um, mandatory waiting periods means for most states have about three day, a three day waiting period before you, you order a gun, before you can actually pick it up. And it's usually because a background check is taking place. But seven day mandatory waiting periods have shown to decrease to have an actual direct impact on decreasing suicides because most people are looking for a permanent answer to a temporary problem so mm -hmm. um anyway i feel like i'm rambling but no I no, think no no the no, point this is, of it, <laughs> but no 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 this I, is all i mean it's very important i've actually been seeing a lot because a family member of mine committed suicide last oh, year God, so and so um I have been seeing a lot more conversations around suicide and right. it was with a gun. So, and it was with a hunting rifle. Wow. So it was like buckshot and it was really hard to wrap my head around it. Cause I know that he, I, I had asked my family to like, they, they locked up all of his other guns, but they let, let his hunting rifle out. So it's not that like, this is like keeping handguns out of people's hands will stop them from committing violent acts mm -hmm. against themselves or right, others. Right. So I think talking about suicide is a very important part of mm -hmm. talking about gun violence. Yeah. And I think that also violence against specifically women mm -hmm. is a very important part of uh, talking about gun violence because I feel like domestic abuse is still rampant in our country mm -hmm. and and it can escalate to uh, like gun violence yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Women, the moment you are living in a house with a gun, you are in danger statistically oh my God. as a woman. Wow. 
um, statistically, you are in danger the moment you live in a house with a gun. And uh, Giffords, um, um, Giffords is a great, Giffords Law Center website is a really great place to just get uh, quote unquote fun facts on gun violence and how <laughs> what communities are really vulnerable. Mm, you, I want to feel like and, crap to say. And it's <laughs> women and children and communities of color and what's happening with police mm-hmm. uh, force and neighborhood violence. Um, and then what is also happening to white men who are um, susceptible to suicidal ideation and also radicalization for them to pick up a weapon and shoot up a garlic festival or a church or a synagogue. Um, I would, uh, one thing that I did want to say about like what we can do about this, mm-hmm. um, one thing that drained the NRA, what we're really focusing on is, okay, so here's some good news. The NRA is right now doing a great job at draining itself. It's having yeah. huge financial problems, uh, a lot of infighting. Uh, the uh, New York State is now looking at its nonprofit charter to see if it can actually be a nonprofit. It is very possible that the NRA could cease to exist tomorrow. I mean, it really just shows you it was seen as this huge behemoth that was giving so much money to politicians and once it started having all this infighting once membership went down a little bit it's just amazing how quickly it has so imploded am i correct nra is just a lobby correct right it's a non-profit lobbying organization right that uses money and politics to try to help Big corporations sell guns right. To it is both, uh, and, mo- and Planned Parenthood is also this a lot. Every yes. town it mm-hmm. has a five hundred c three and a five hundred c four. So their five hundred c three nonprofit status is things like you know gun safety awareness and gun clubs and gun education and 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 shooting camps and things that like the NRA was when our grandparents were around, which was shooting and hunting awareness and gun safety. Right. Um, but there were there, a lot of deer in Maryland. There's a lot so. of deer that need <laughs> some shooting. Uh, <laughs> or you know what i'll just say use a bow and arrow use guys a <laughs> crossbow and there's less likely to kill a human right. or a baby and their c4 has been the most insidious force they're political they have a soup their political uh, victory fund and that is all of the money that has been going to be to uh donate to congressional candidates to donate to state uh legislatures um so they so i think once their nonprofit goes their c3 gets pulled their C4 is going to, can't exist. It's so weird to think that somebody's like, giving 50 bucks to someone yeah. with a wink like just let guns stick around. You're right. like, what? Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> Why? It's weird because what, what NRA members or anybody who likes to shoot or whatever, uh, and I, I don't want to put everybody in a box. No one is a monolith. Um, but those, I think they're, what they see is that we're going against a way of life. And I think that's really something as gun reform folks we have to really think about. Uh, I don't think we have to apologize or water anything down, but they're feeling like we're going after a certain way of life. And I really do believe that Ackerman Queen and the NRA has sold them a bag of goods. They've sold them a culture and an identity to latch yeah, onto. And it's not sense. even about the products. It's how the products make them feel to be part of this community. And now this community of victims. Everyone's going against me and my freedoms and my way of life. And our right, <laughs> I'm not one that. of them or yeah. Yeah, I I am a responsible gun owner. Why should you take my toy away from me? I'm here to... And there's a lot of reasons in different parts of the world, parts of the country, where 911's not very reliable. 
and and that is hard for gun reform folks to really square that that in each part of the country there is a legitimate reason to feel like you should have a gun in your house to protect mm-hmm. yourself and mm-hmm. we are not there to take that away but we are just trying to say that the wrong people should no longer have guns and we should really ask ourselves why are we putting military style weapons out in civilized society what has happened these last 10 years to allow for the proliferation of that and the assault ban weapon uh, ban uh, expired and we didn't renew it right why why did that I mean whatever that's like getting into like why are politicians so stupid yeah I guess but well I think the next action that we're taking is um, right now the best thing we can do I think um, I think groups like Moms Demand Action and other groups have been really focusing on state laws and every law that saves a life is worth it and but I don't I think we're only as safe as our borders. I mean, we live in California with really strong gun laws. Mm-hmm. The border, the state next to us, Nevada, is a, basically a gun show. Um, it's the full wild it, west. It is the full wild <laughs> west. A 19-year-old was able to legally buy an AK-47 and cross state lines and shoot up a garlic festival. Um, so it is time for federal gun laws. And I mm-hmm. think that what during the NRA ultimately represents is that it is time to make a statement as a culture and as a society um, that we value our lives and our safety over mm-hmm. the profits of a company. Yeah. And um, that is what's been happening. We have basically been sacrificing our children's lives at the altar of gun companies turning a profit. Yeah. Is this story personal for you? I, you know what? No, I haven't personally been a victim of gun violence. I haven't had anyone yet. I got involved in this after the Pulse nightclub shooting and it was when my son was maybe a year old and there was something about the idea of moms dancing with their adult sons and their adult children and something in my brain in that moment of time just snapped. Maybe I thought I'd want to be that mom one day <laughs> dancing with my son. And, um, and not have to fear for your life. And not have to fear for my life. And that that snapped for me. And it was so interesting. Sandy Hook was so tragic that I think it was abstract. I also think about, about the Vegas shooting. It's the deadliest shooting in America. Oof. 50 people died, hundreds injured. A concert just turned into a kill box. And I don't think we know how to wrap our heads around it. It is difficult. It's, it's like, like a shooting fish in a barrel right. or whatever. It was like watching the planes go into the towers if we were in New York. It's like, mm-hmm. am I watching a movie right now? Is this real? Mm-hmm. And um, and it was so much, I was so devastating. And then when I became a parent, I was like, oh, that wasn't an abstract and tragic news story. Like, I now understand how that feels. And I would say this for anybody who is passionate about an issue or wants to learn more about an issue is that don't underestimate the power of your own empathy, that you're empathy enough is enough to change to make some sort of change and that is enough for you to get into a fight for something that you believe in how do you talk to your son about uh, guns there's a lot of discussions in our mom group about like oh how do we talk about like like toy guns with our kids Mm -hmm. and i've done things where if i bought him like a policeman outfit or whatever i always skipped the one that has the gun in it i didn't Mm -hmm. feel like i had to encourage that but i also accepted that it's something that he's going to learn on his own yeah and i am choosing and this is where part of like the creative part of me and the gun advocates sort of collide um i think guns horses princesses 
superheroes. I think it's all about exploring the idea of power. And I I don't think they're out to actually, I'm going to kill you. Like they mean that maliciously and sociopathically. Mm -hmm. I really think it is a way of them figuring out their imagination, figuring out their place in the world, trying to organize who has power and knowing how small they are in this world. And so going pew, 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 my kid going pew, pew, pew on a field, I'm not so worried about, I'm more worried if somebody says, don't do that. And he continues to do it just like with anything. But I don't <laughs> that think. That is the truth. That is the truth. Please anything. stop. No. Please stop. Please okay. stop. All right. No. Bigger question about consent, my son. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> um, so... Uh, there's something like guns are just this thing that are just going to happen. And I think when he's older, I don't want him to make him feel bad that how he wants to play or how he's using his imagination is wrong. As long as he's not actually actively hurting another person. So that to me right now in the immediate is more concerning than feeling like I have to pressure him to understand the gun crisis because the gun crisis isn't his fault. So I shouldn't have to yeah. yuck his yum because he wants to play with a water gun. Water guns are fucking fun. They're so fun. <laughs> we tried to call them water blasters, but you know no. what? They're water guns. And yes. so I would and, say And it also... Um, like we're being responsible by giving our kids toys that they're allowed to play with. Right. And they can use their imagination to play with imaginary guns. Yeah. Why aren't adults like stopping themselves exactly. and police like we're they're adult adult. Right. You become an adult. Right. At some point in your life right. you have to become responsible. Right, right. Like they should take responsibility for their actions. Yeah. And to I, realize I, you are involved in an industry that has caused so much pain and horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I'm curious to see when does the, uh, you know, the gun conversation, right. I imagine, would happen. I don't know what age you would start that at. That's but, a really good question. But I should do some it, research on that. Or <laughs> we can good. talk about You need that. more stuff to I do, Laura. I need more stuff to do because it's a good question. You know, I had a big talk with my preschool about, like, do you have a safety drill in place? Mm-hmm. And I'm more concerned that, uh, my school knows that it can lock, is able to lock their doors from the inside and has a plan in case of an active shooter. I'm more worried about that than if my own kid goes pew, pew, pew with his hand on, on a, a playground. So it's really hard to figure out as a parent, where do you put your attention and yeah. what can you encourage? And so I'm right now choosing to not worry about how my son plays until I see that he is actually hurting people yes uh and has a fascination with actual pain and not like this idea of power and imagination play and playing hulk for him playing hulk is the same thing as going pew 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 that's right <laughs> it's all the same sort of experience i'm a dinosaur i'm a dinosaur <laughs> i'm a pony i'm a thing that is bigger than what i am now mm-hmm. um but i think if parents could maybe uh, start having conversations with their schools about w- school safety drills. And I think that's a really delicate thing because I think we're all really appalled by the reality of lockdown drills. And we see everything in the news that we're, we're terrorizing our children with these lockdown drills and we're traumatizing them. And we see like grownups with fake guns shooting at kids. I mean, the lockdown drill thing is getting a little bananas. But uh, I think there is a movement now and there's a larger discussion about how uh, schools can train staff and faculty and 
for adults um, in a situation. If adults are trained in a situation, they save lives. And uh, what happened we, with Parkland, we, we saw that the adults were not trained for mm. this situation. Mm-hmm. And I think there's also a way to teach age-appropriate tactics, how you teach school safety to high school kids who can actually take some agency and mm-hmm. safely fighting back safely in a way that we're not traumatizing them in training a loud alarm apparently is enough to disorient a shooter an active shooter you just blast something really loud that is enough to disorient someone and stop them do you ask other parents if they have guns in their house before you let you have your kid uh, play date? Yes, and you should. And here that that's also another thing, like things that we can do now. Mm-hmm. I could say flip the Senate. Oh God, there's so much out of our control for that. Absolutely, that. that feels but, like but, like but playing a game we, which I don't even know the rules. Right, but we could start shifting the culture within our own communities. And mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that we can do as parents is. Talk to us having really frank discussions with our um, with our school principals and teachers about what is your policy, what is your school safety policy, mm-hmm. and get them to think about it and make do you have to show them that this is an important thing that they have to answer to in the same way that you have fire drills and earthquake, earthquake drills, drills and all of that this is just part of the world we live in and we have to save lives another thing we can do is start normalizing having really frank conversations about guns mm-hmm. um mom's demand is a really great uh um program called be smart so if you go to be smart.org that takes you through a really quick training um uh video uh i think with melissa joan hart of Serena, the teenage witch, uh, who we love. Uh, And she talks about how to have a really frank, honest, non-judgy conversation about guns. We ask uh, if there's a pool and if it's gated and we want to know if there's maybe a dog or a large dog or if we have certain there's certain allergies or allergens in the house we should also just be able to talk uh, talk about guns and 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 do it in a way that we because we're so afraid that the other person is going to be judged or we're criticizing them and um start with pool yeah and with guns and with guns let me me work on the tone do you have a gun no it's so do you have a gun? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> everybody, that's everybody what it is. Yeah. Do you have a gun? gun? <laughs> no, no, no. That's, no, that's not going to get you anywhere. Do you have a gun? Right. I'm just curious. Like, yeah. do you like, um, or she can't have chocolate right. right now. Do you have a gun? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does there have to be a gun? And is it, if there is, the following questions are like, oh, okay. And is it locked? Okay. And is it locked separate from the ammunition? And, um, oh, which is another thing, you know, you can't have a loaded gun locked in a safe and, you know, Kids know how to get into stuff, which is why, again, I just will never be convinced that having a gun in a house is the safe thing. <laughs> this is do. really important because um, I don't think like there was, uh, you know, a lot being locked up like you would. I would have right. thought like, oh, right, that's fine. Like right. locked up, they it's behind a safe. Right. It's fine. You know, it never would have occurred to me necessarily to ask if the ammunition was separate right. from the yes. gun. And they're both locked up. And that's like the, is that kind of like the known proper Uh, protocol? Yes, that is the standard. If you have a gun, is it unloaded Mm -hmm. and locked up? And is the ammunition locked up and separate from um and from the weapon and uh, that's what like the nri would have exactly promoted correct exactly mm-hmm. yes yes right. and i'm sure that's still buried on a website on safety feature and a lot of gun owners would absolutely say well of course or i have it in this insane safe in the garage and and everyone's fine and and i i'm not suggesting that to have a gun 
you're purposely trying to make people unsafe. Just there are statistics to back up that a gun in a house immediately makes everyone less safe. I don't do my dishes after I cook right. until the next morning. <laughs> exactly. I would definitely be a candidate that would leave a loaded gun somewhere yes. unlocked and forget to lock it somewhere. Right. It's not that you don't care. Yes. It's just people are, you have something very, very, very dangerous. Yes. And you have to be very, very, very on top of the yeah, safety of that. Right. Like, you can't just like crash your car into your house and be like, I'll take care of that tomorrow. Right. No, it's right. like, it's very dangerous. It's not a dish, it's not yes. a dirty dish. Right. You know, like, I might get ants but it's not going to kill a child. You know and what I mean? Our fear and what is happening is that the NRA and NRA TV and Fox News, they convince grandma who lives in rural Nebraska that MS-13 is going to be after her on her way to Pig- Piggly Wiggly. So she has a gun in her purse and then her grandkids come over and co- go in her purse to look for candy. And that right. is how accidental shootings happen. When you mm-hmm. make people feel like they're afraid and everyone is after them and they have to protect themselves and they walk around with this loaded weapon, what ends up happening is they end up accidentally hurting other people. That is what mostly happens in these situations and how most shootings of children happen. My daughter loves to play with Nerf guns and I hear the word gun more than I thought I would for a four and a half year old. Like she went over to the neighbors. She, there's these boys that she plays. They play Nerf guns, you know. Right. And she was like, "Can I play with their guns?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Weird thing yeah. to hear a little girl yeah. just be like, can I play with your guns, please?'" Right. But then you realize it's just all a part of like, "I want to play." Yeah, it's all about playing, and and, yeah. and and it's important to have these conversations when they're ready and understand. It right. And it's it's going to be hard with the internet and social media right. and everything to kind of escape these conversations. Right. So I think what you're doing is amazing and. Ugh. To take a part of your time where, you know, to dedicate Mm -hmm. to making the world a better place for your son is like a really hard, difficult decision to make to choose where your time goes. And Uh so it's, but it it matters. So thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. And the organization sounds amazing. Thank you. And I just think one thing to think about is I can't imagine those parents of Sandy Hook, those Parkland students, those they, they show up to this every single day with a heartache that I can't even imagine. And if they can show up to this every day, I think we can all in our own ways do whatever part, whether it means starting to talk to, about other parent, to other parents about gun safety or talking to our schools or helping to flip a Senate race or just being a little bit more aware about how gun, uh, how gun culture is in a, <laughs> has taken over our culture. Or, Tweet it simply to, safe, guys. Good yeah, job. Yeah. Stick with it. Stick with it. <laughs> Things like that, because what they're doing, I can't even imagine they show up to this every single day. So, Yeah, they have to relive it every time an, uh, another child dies. They have mm-hmm. to be reminded of right. like their own. And that is an unbelievable grief. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Kimmy, and for we'll put all your information me. on oh, the site at draintheNRA.org. DraintheNRA.com. Uh, uh, and the, you can find us on Twitter at draintheNRA, Twitter and Instagram, and on Facebook. Thank you, Laura. You're a real inspiration. Note to self, if you care about something, don't just blab about it on your podcast. Do something to affect change. (laughs) I'll get right on that, Kimmy. Thanks, Kimmy. To wrap up this discussion, I'm going to check back in with Rebecca and Amanda and see how they handle talking to their kids about guns. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? 
United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. How do you guys feel about toy gunplay? Yeah, I don't I don't let Viv play gun toys at all. I would get her like a water squirter as long as it didn't look like a gun. Like I don't, you know, or like even a Nerf thing that didn't look like a, but it's like anything that's supposed to represent a gun or if she's playing something like, you know, she's not like, she can't do like a pew pew, you're dead situation. Like it's just not something. But so far, most of her friends also aren't allowed to. So it hasn't really been a very difficult issue for us yet. Mm-hmm. I may have to be confronted with that and revise things as she gets older, as she has a different friend group, you know, as she's in other situations with other kids. But right now she kind of has the hard and fast, no gun toy rule. Right. I do let Fred play abortion though. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) What? Listen, you have to show your beliefs in their play. Well, it's very interesting. Now, would you be comfortable if your kids came to my house and I let them play with squirt guns, Nerf guns, like with the neighbors? Would you, is that something that I would need to discuss with you? Because that's something that in my community of kids, we do not discuss. We just play. I'm fine with it. Like Fred played with squirt guns at your house and I'm totally fine with it. Mm -hmm. But I do think there are some people that you'd need to tell, discuss, because there's some people that really have that line in the sand. Do you think think that's just, you'd be fine with it. Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. It gets it, it gets more complicated when the kids start having opi- their own opinions. And right. also you don't want them like sitting in the corner, like sadly by themselves or weirdly playing by themselves, like with right. a Nerf gun or something. Like, like it is definitely like it becomes much more about feeling included, mm-hmm. I think, in mm-hmm. the, with the other kids' activities. Thank you for talking to me about this subject. I know it's like kind of... Uh, it's 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 hard to kind of see it every day and witness it and have you guys ever lost anyone to gun violence i'm getting very emotional just just to let everybody know (laughs) i haven't or yeah no i don't think i have i have relatives that are in the military and that's a little bit different Mm -hmm. um i've had on a i guess a lighter note i also had a relative who was very drunk who um had airsoft rifles, which are rubber, rubber bullets, like, you know, mm. like the police use them sometimes, whatever. Right, and who, who, while he was drunk, um, shot me point blank in the leg with one. Oh my God. And I did have, uh, you know, it did break the skin. I did have a welt, but like, as far as, as being shot goes, it was a very low key way to get shot. Amanda, I told you I'd lighten it up. <laughs> so, oh um, my God. Uh, so I got like like mellowly shot and it really hurt. Oh. But it was really scary. And also because he was inebriated, like he was shooting above me and like he had altered a, a high capacity magazine to do the right bullets. And then he was doing that on the wall above my head um, right after he shot me. And I was afraid he was going to shoot me again, but he didn't. And Wait, um, what if he shot you in the eye? You would have lost your eye. Yeah. And, uh, oh. you know, also thank God that wasn't like a real gun. Right. I right. mean, that's. But that's the point is the he had point. this thing and was drunk and caused harm. Granted, not that bad of harm, but he was just playing around drunk. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just going to you just have to stay with me always. You guys are just going to have to like you have to go, go, go south Staten Island. You guys are never you're you're my only guest. Now. <laughs> I like that she just 
pulls it out. I, I was shot with a I soft wish. rubber bullet. <laughs> Your grandfather didn't make those rubber bullets, did he? No, no, no. no. This was not. This was not related to my uh, grandfather. In he was a three D printer. This he was, was not upgraded. No. This was not the responsible no. uh, gun owning members of my oh family. My this God. was an irresponsible <laughs> member of my family. Well, I love you guys. Thank you for talking about um, guns, and um, we'll see you in the next one. Okay. I'd like to thank my awesome guest today for diving into this topic with me. This is a difficult topic and doing nothing has allowed for gun violence, the rise in suicides, fear in our children's lives to continue. We do not need to shy away from facing the issue head on because it isn't just about guns. We all deserve to feel safe and our kids deserve to be able to enjoy their lives without fear of being attacked when they're at school, going to the movies, or picking up a vat of cheese balls at a Walmart. Let's all work together to make America a little less unique and a little more, I don't know, maybe like the rest of the developed world that seems to have a lack of gun thing figured out. I'd like to thank my guests, Rebecca Johnson, Amanda Dybert, and Laura Menino. Just like parenthood, we're still figuring it out. So please reach out to me through our website, motherofallshows.com, if you have any questions, thoughts, or topics you'd like to hear. This podcast is produced by Jen Perilini, written by Rebecca Johnson, music by Jerome Kurtenbach, and edited by Amanda Lunn and Tracy Levy. Please subscribe and rate The Mother of All Shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It will really help us out, like OxyClean after a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. We will have links to the topics and resources we discussed today on our website. See you for the next one. Is it too early for wine? Erios. Powered by ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.